Hello, I'm Dr. Marianne Lehman, and this is To Tell the Tooth, the podcast of true and amazing tales thanks to my dental life. Let me tell you why dentists are not as scary as you think. I am telling the truth when I say I'm a happy dentist whose surprising adventures will entertain you, inform you, and hopefully will change your perception of the dentist. In today's episode, you will hear about the trip I've been talking about for the past few weeks now. The trip to South Dakota that I took just last week with my two hygienists, one oral surgeon and one endodontist, or as we like to call ourselves, Team Nutmeggers. I've been a dentist for over 30 years now. I have practiced in a small Connecticut town, and I have done lots of dental things, like research and teaching, but I have also traveled over 1,400 miles to work in a dental clinic on a Native American Indian reservation. What I want to tell you is through all of this, I seem to attract and encounter the most interesting people. I've been taken to the most fascinating places, and you won't even sometimes believe this has happened to me, a dentist. So today's story is a first one for me, a really fascinating place. I went on a trip to volunteer at a dental clinic on a Native American Indian reservation in South Dakota. How did this ever happen? Well, do you remember the story about my trip to the Dominican Republic with the dental students? On that flight home, I couldn't help thinking I would really like to volunteer in some way like I just did, except in the United States. So there I was reading the journal of the ADA on the plane, and I see a classified ad that read in big, bold letters, Volunteer Dental Professionals Needed at the St. Francis Dental Clinic among the Lakota in South Central South Dakota. Call Marty Jones, RDH, for details. That means she's a dental hygienist. Well, that was March 2019. Within a few phone calls, we were planning our office trip to take place in October. In that time, my hygienist and I had to renew our CPR certifications, find our birth certificates, apply for our South Dakota volunteer dental licenses, arrange travel plans, and look for additional members of what would become Team Nutmeggers. You see, there were five operatories or dental treatment rooms, and I wanted to fill every one of them. So one day, I said out loud in my office, to no one in particular, I was just putting it out there in the universe, my dream team to Dakota would include an endodontist, that's a dentist who does root canals, and an oral surgeon, because Marty says they have root canals coming out of their ears there. And we need someone who could pull teeth, like with their eyes shut, because there's a lot of teeth to be taken out too. So I thought that would be ideal. Well, no sooner did I say that, and a few days later, Dr. Carolyn Kilbride, walked in my door, introducing herself as the new endodontist joining a practice nearby. Within minutes, 
we hit it off and she was signing on to go. She was so excited. She had gone to the same dental school that I teach at and she had been on several service trips before and wanted to go on another one. At her welcome reception at her office a few weeks later, I met our oral surgeon, Dr. Garrick Alex, who happens to be opening a practice in my same town. And again, we instantly hit it off. And he was quick to say, as became what we learned is his go-to slogan, let's get involved. Let's do it. Within 48 hours, he had his forms filled out and he was scheduled to be the final member of what would be my dream team. We all went out to South Dakota not knowing much. We knew there was a clinic, there was equipment, there were chairs, and there was a house for us to stay in across the street. But none of us had ever been on a reservation before. We were uncertain of how we would be received. We had no idea of how many patients we would see or their needs, but we all had the desire to use our talents and skills to fill a need for dental care in this population. The following conversation is of my two hygienists, Doris Raposo and Kathleen, Cat as we call her, Rich, and myself just after we left the reservation. Okay, so I'm here today. We're about 24 hours after leaving the Rosebud Reservation in South Dakota. Um, we spent four full days on the St. Francis Dental Clinic um, mission. Um, and I'm with two of my fellow dental professional providers that were there with me, uh, Doris Raposo and Kat, Kathleen Wright. Rich. Rich. Sorry. She's only worked <laughs> for me for five years, and I say her name, <laughs> Rich. It's fine. You're not the only one. <laughs> um, they are both dental hygienists, and um, we worked with an endodontist and an oral surgeon in a clinic, and that's about all I'm going to say. I figured, let's ask, this is the first time that we have been, we are going to be talking about our experience in a formal format here. So, ladies, um, they have both been hygienists now for many years. Doris, how many years have you been a hygienist? 46. And Kat? God, I wish I went first. Five. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And I know that you've both done uh, dental volunteer service type work before. So this, this opportunity that we just partook in, what was it like, it, like in comparison to what were you expecting um, as far as the dental care? Like, was it harder? Was it more involved, less involved? I think it was more involved than I thought, or maybe it was as involved as I thought it would be, not knowing the previous times of working with the Mission of Mercy and some of the dental clinics that I've done. Connecticut's care is so much better, even for our poorest people, that these people had so much more work to be done and their oral health was so much worse mm -hmm. and um, deteriorated even at a younger age. Mm -hmm. What about you, Kat? It was shocking. You know, that first day was really humbling to get into the clinic and to just start meeting people and kind of really starting to see what the situation was. Mm -hmm. 
among all ages from you know 60 somethings to 12 it's it, there was just so much that needed to be done and they needed so much help and also not only that but education like they they've never really it seemed formally had somebody that ever taught them all the things that they could do to help themselves because it's seemingly so easy you know brush floss but it, you know for them it, it, they just needed some someone to come and bridge that gap but unfortunately there's been a lot that's happened in the meantime you know that we experienced and it was just eye-opening even in like the Connecticut places like Mission of Mom and stuff you see a lot you don't see what you saw out here uh, what they're referring to is um, once a year um, our state Connecticut conducts um that we call it the Mission of Mercy where dentists and hygienists assistants um, dental students volunteer their services for about a weekend of free dental care it's like a big mash unit that's set up in a big public place like a high school auditorium or such and people line up for miles there's no appointments people line up and they are put through a triage and they get treated with one or maybe two services of their what they need to have done their most urgent need this clinic comparatively was set up with pretty much an appointment schedule which I was really impressed with yes that there were appointments um, and we each had our own um, room to work in um, Kat and Doris were in one room together I had a room the oral surgeon had a room the endodontist had a room um, but a patient would come in and maybe see all of us within one day um, yeah so Kat. that was one thing that I was um, you know I didn't know what we were walking into when you do mission to mom or mission of mercy you you're in Connecticut so it's not like you have to travel a whole lot and you're you're kind of like in in your home base but mission of mercy you know you're using portable equipment and like you know she said it's in a gymnasium or wherever this we walked in and the clinic was so impressive it, it was like we didn't really even leave home we had everything we needed and more and it was very accommodating like the I was blown away. How about the team that we were thrown together with? Right, team, right, Doris? The team was phenomenal. Mm -hmm. The um, director of the clinic, Marty, she is an amazing woman, and her assistant, Miranda, she was there, I mean, knowledgeable, and, and basically helping us with some of the uh, factors of, of the people on the reservation as well. Mm -hmm. But the equipment is fantastic. I mean, the instruments they have, They've got great instruments. They had the tools to be used. They, you know, some, I mean, the chairs were a little old, but no big deal. I mean, they were working and great. And mm -hmm. I don't know, the team was fantastic. And then the people that came with us, the oral surgeon and the um, endodontist, I had never met before, but we worked really well together. It was a very cohesive group. Everybody helped each other. Mm -hmm. Well, I think everybody really went into this with the same mindset and that we do what's best for the patient yes mm -hmm. yep. we do what's best yep. for the patient yep. and when you all come together like that doesn't matter where you're from one assistant was from another part of South Dakota um, the oral surgeon was trained in New York the endodontist was trained in Connecticut the two ladies who ran the clinic were Native Americans right 
who lived on the who reservation. lived on the reservation but we all had this commonality of like we were there to treat the patient mm -hmm. and treat their dental needs respect the patient talk with them and do what's best for them get them out of pain and and underneath all of that to treat them with a level of dignity which you know our chairs didn't have a cuspidor that little bowl that everybody likes to spit in so you know give them the cup show them to the bathroom let them rinse with some mouthwash you know explain to them what they're you're doing mm -hmm. which I'm gonna say like when I went to the Dominican Republic this was rough because I don't speak Spanish we couldn't communicate with our patients mm -hmm. so this was a great opportunity because we didn't have a language barrier but we did find something interesting Maybe on day two it happened where we found out from one of the older folks that in the Lakota tradition, they don't necessarily look you directly in the eye and they hold back on communication mm -hmm. because they believe that if you look someone directly in the eye, you are looking into their soul. So here we are trying to look them directly in the eye and we're almost violating their code of conduct. Mm -hmm. You know, so it took us a little bit of time, I think, to kind of assimilate to how to talk with them mm -hmm. and be friendly and approachable, but not overstep our but boundaries. They, but they weren't all like that. No. They no. weren't all like that because a number of the people, when I introduced myself, they looked me in the eye. So they seemed to have been a little bit more out in the open and, and more familiar with our ways, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. But they were also the ones that the single mom who pushed her kids to college, mm -hmm. to getting trained for something, who wanted something more for her child. So they were assimilating, I think, a little bit more versus the young man that I had who was an auto mechanic and did would not look me in the eye. And I, I respected that because I, I saw him we, after. We found this out. We found this out. Mm -hmm. So it was okay, you know, and, and he didn't want to talk too much. Mm -hmm. I also feel like a, another side of it is there were patients, we saw so many new patients yes. that had not been to the clinic yet, but there were also, I would say maybe it was about a 50-50, I don't really right. know the exact percentage, but I would also say that the people that had been there maybe at least a few times in the past, maybe they just, through their other experiences, they started realizing like this is how it goes, you know, like you could chat with me and, and, and that's okay. So I don't know, but there definitely were some people that were very open, very willing to talk about things. Um, and then there were others, a lot of the children I felt were very quiet. Uh, except but, for that nine-year-old. Except for the nine-year-old. <laughs> yeah, he was a little rambunctious. But um, yeah, it was it was interesting and it was an, ex, you know, uh, an exercise in really just taking the cues and and going with it and trying to do your best to be respectful. You know? Yeah. Is there any one patient or two that you might remember? Oh, yeah. Go oh, okay. my God. I might start crying even talking about her. There was one patient I had, and she was just a rock star, as our oral surgeon would say. <laughs> yeah. Um, she, oh God, she had survived lymphoma in 1980. She's still in remission, so almost 40 years later. She had West Nile. She's had hepatitis B. I she her house burned down. She lost everything. She told me, you know, the dress she was baptized in burned up. Her wedding dress gone. Like we had this whole conversation about it. Um, but she looked at me and she said, 
I told my kids after all I've been through, I'm going to live to be 100 because that's just, I mean, look at what I've survived. And I don't know, this woman was so incredible. She was so resilient. She went through a lot that day too, and she still left smiling and she called back. Um, she, she was just so thankful and so, I don't know, I was so touched by her story and I will forever remember her. Aww. That's great. I think, I think mine, I had the couple, I had that young boy who was 11 years old and who came in with all his six-year molars completely wiped out that needed to be extracted. Mm -hmm. And he said he made brushed once a month. I really, I was next to tears when I saw the decay in his mouth and the amount of plaque. How often did he brush? Once a week, once a week. And then there was another one that was once a month. Once a month. Once a week. Like and so I tried talking to him a little bit about brushing every day and the use of the soda pop that they drink. And the other one was the woman that came in who had missing front teeth and the calculus that was like a bridge on her lower teeth. I was afraid to take off because I was afraid the lower teeth would fall out. And she was told by the IHS, which is the Indian Health Services Dental Clinic, that she should have all her teeth removed with full upper and, and lower dentures. But she had good bone level in the rest of the teeth. It was just she needed she needed preventative care. She needed to get what was wrong taken out and repaired and the rest of preventative care and I went over. And she seemed so grateful to me that she was almost in tears when I told her, no, you don't mm -hmm. need these taken out. And just for perspective, Doris, how old was she? Oh, she was, I think, 33, 34 years old. Mm -hmm. Even the 25-year-old that had all this massive decay and she was working as a counselor for the meth patients on the reservation. She had so much decay in her mouth. It was sad. It's sad that they don't have, the, like you said before, they don't have the education mm -hmm. in the prevention to prevent what, what's going on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and their diet. And their diet, the diet, very high in sugar. And the poverty. Very high in sugar. Mm -hmm. The coffee with three to four teaspoons of sugar in it and coffee all day long. They don't stop drinking it. Yep. A lot of smoking a as well smoking and chewing tobacco. And chewing tobacco. And a lot of alcoholism as well. Yeah. Right. Right. There were a lot of questionable soft tissue lesions that yes. we saw. Yep. Yep. And we looked at each other and we're like, well, back home, we would send you to the oral surgeon and have it biopsied or removed. And here, what are we going to do? So our oral surgeon, Dr. Garrick Alex, who we, again, we just met, we didn't know him from anywhere, he immediately got on the phone with his um, colleagues at Columbia University uh, Dental School and, and hospital, and he had them FedEx to the clinic, a biopsy kits at no charge, the FedEx no charge, so that he could do a biopsy and remove a lesion and in the future, he set up this communication link with them so they could do it in the future, which was a really great service that he did. So um, so how do you guys think we were received by the people that we treated? Because, um, you know, sometimes I felt like I looked at the patient's face and I thought, oh boy, like, you know, we walk in here Oh, obviously we're white. We can't hide that we're not white, you know, and we're here to to help you, you know, but I'm sometimes think that they think, 
you know, are we imposing on them? We're here to help you, but I mean, they did want our help because they showed up, Mm -hmm. but I didn't want to overstep my boundaries. So, you know, it was a fine line you had to walk. And I I just left hoping that they were happy Mm -hmm. and that we, that they got the idea that we were there respectfully helping them. So I'm wondering, what did you think? I I think that from where we come from really helped actually with with what we encountered because where we come from, there's a certain level of expectation that people, you know, ex- they, they expect you to make them feel comfortable. They expect you to explain everything. It's, it, you know, it's just that kind of an environment where we're from and then we come over here and now it switches a little because we're trying to be so, you know, soft and gentle and we're trying so hard to be respectful and we don't want to make anybody feel uncomfortable. But so we have all these tools of like, okay, this is how we're going to help make a, a patient feel comfortable mm-hmm. and welcome and non, not judged. And so I think that we really had those tools in our belt to begin with we just had to like switch a gear almost and and utilize it in a different way you know what I mean and I think that we all were able to really break through with a lot of the patients I think so too I had one that actually came in and said it's not you I don't like coming to the dentist I'm very anxious and Mm -hmm. she was one that hadn't had her teeth cleaned and had a lot of calculus and so I told her, I said, I'm going to use some topical anesthetic to numb you up. You let me know if anything bothers you. I'm not here to cause pain. I'm here to help you. And I, th- and I think throughout the whole week, that's what we were doing. Let us know what any, anything we do is uncomfortable for you. I can change what Absolutely. I'm doing and how I do things. I said, and I'm not against, you know, I said, I don't know what's best for you. You tell me. I'm open to whatever. And people are open to that. They respect that. That We're respecting their feelings, mm-hmm. I think it is. And I had a number of them afterwards that said, thank you so much. Me too. You know, mm-hmm. Thank you so much. And um, it felt good because, like Kat said, we're used to having to explain and do things. And I think, I know in our office, Marianne, we have a few of those patients that are so, so anxious. And they're used to it coming and saying, okay, we're going to work with you, even if it takes three visits whatever mm-hmm. we're only gonna work even the one man that I had who had 33 had never had his teeth cleaned in his life you know mm-hmm. he was unsure what was I going wonder to what happen. made him choose to come at he 33 years old he had cavities in his two front teeth okay he had cavities in his two front teeth and that's why he came in okay that was his original reason for coming in hmm that's the reason why. A I lot do of have them. to say, I use the Cavatron more this week than I have in the past. What's three the Cavatron years. doors? The Cavatron is the um, ultrasonic cleaner that vibrates and takes the um, calculus, the hard deposits off the teeth. It sprays a lot it of water. It sprays a lot of water, and it's a lot easier on our hands faster. and faster. And I used it more this week than I think I've had in the past five years. Yeah. So at the end of the day, the final question becomes. Would you do it again? Yes. Absolutely. 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 No, no mm-hmm. qualms about it. I'd be back here tomorrow if I could. So, there, I told that's Marty it. I didn't want to leave. Oh. <laughs> oh. The last day, Doris and I were like, Doris started the day like teary, then I was ending the day teary. I mean, it was, it was, it ended in the blink of an eye, really. It, it felt like we've been planning for it, and then we got here, 
and then it's like oh okay we're gonna meet all these other team members and you have you know those normal kind of anxieties about all these things happening and it's you're new and you're being thrown into a new situation then it was like we all just got in it and we're all like we're only here for this short amount of time let's do what we can do and we all were just like cranking yeah and and, and now it, it's over and we're sitting here going huh like, like, how did that happen? It's like a roller coaster. Absolutely. You're scared. You get on it. You're excited. The adrenaline's running. You know, and then you get off the ride and you go, oh, let's shoot. And I want to do it again. <laughs> and I want to be in the front seat. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. So. And, and we are not, we were not able to do what we are trained to do with the perfection. All we could do was our best for these people because mm-hmm. we only, we had limited time and we'd run out over and. It was not a problem. We run over. We covered for each other. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, it was yeah. it was an experience. But I'd do it again. I would do it again tomorrow in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thank you, ladies. So from the sound of it, this won't be our last dental service trip together. You heard them. They would do it again. And guess what? So will I. There's so much more to tell you like the great new friend we made, Carrie, the assistant from another part of South Dakota. She became a nutmegger, a big part of our team, right from the start. And then there's a story about the attack of the feral dogs that happened at our house the very first night. And how about the most famous patient I treated, the president of the tribe? Well, those are all stories for another time. But if you want to see some pictures of our adventure, you can follow me on Instagram at DDS or on our Facebook page, Marianne Lehman. Right now, I have to go because I got to get ready to treat my patients back here at home. Thanks for listening, and I look forward to talking with you next time on To Tell the Tooth.